up in your ears. Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Mike. I'm Josh. I'm Dave, the other Mike. And I'm J-Bone on the mic. <laughs> and this is... Does it Does suck, it suck? Now? Now. 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 I think for the intro clip, you have to use the the scene at the end where they're where they're uh, hitting on each other after Riggs gets shot. He's like, "Give me a give me a kiss before they get here." Ah. Hey, Rod. Yeah. Did anyone ever tell you? Yeah. What? You really are a beautiful man. <laughs> oh, I'm done. Give us a kiss before they come. Yeah. <laughs> but when that bullet hit you anyway? And they're just like laughing for no reason as Rick's is bleeding out on the floor. Where did he get shot? They never answer the question. He asked him, so like, where the hell it hit you? And he said, give me a kiss. I think he got <laughs> shot in the shoulder and like the leg from the way that he reacted, but I'm not, I can't be sure. So the movie we watched <laughs> this is, was uh, 1980-somethings. 89. 1989's Lethal Weapon 2. Okay. Okay. And <laughs> oh, I have a fun fact about that. Starring them. Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, who was somehow <laughs> always old, even when he was a young man, and Joe Pesci, and anybody else of note? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, oh. Mel Gibson. Yes, wait, so a name many that I'm crossover not... actors from the eighties. Janet Janet Goldstein, who I was just want to talk about right away. Do you guys know who Janet Goldstein is? No. She's been in everything. She was everything. She was John Connor's mom in Terminator Two. Uh, Fluffy is Fluffy's doing fine. John, come home. <laughs> Thing through her mouth. That that was her. She was Vasquez in Aliens. Yes. The greatest uh, death scene of all time and one of the greatest movie characters ever. Yeah, and um, she was in she was also in Near Dark. Boom. And you know, oh, yeah. not only was Vasquez in this movie, but her heavy machine gun partner, the dude that also carries the same wicked heavy machine gun that Vasquez does, he's like Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren lookalike is also one of the cops in Lethal Weapon 2. One of the cops. One of the cops? Yeah, one of the, one cops. Of the bad guys. No, one of the cops. It's one. Of, he's one of the other cops that gets really? blown up when you know not. To no, skip that's Hank happened. from Breaking Bad. No, Hank from Breaking Bad is also in this movie. Like I said, this movie stars everybody. So there's lots of people. In this Everybody's movie. in this movie. And one of the cops looks like Richard Pryor if he was a cop. The one with the red sweater yeah. and the big mustache. You're Every right. time and, I saw him, I was like, the main, "What's Pryor? the actor who plays the main villain? He is so good. Oh. He's from Bill and Ted's." Yeah, the worst villain ever. Just, I, I mean, liked, like uh, I liked when his hitman guy was again. wearing like a schoolboy jacket the whole movie. That was great. <laughs> All right, yeah, this is like a Harry Potter jacket. The way they say, not, there's not a lot of plot in this movie. I, I think I remember there being like more of a mystery, but there's like literally no mystery. It's just like, no. we are cops. We need to get those guys. We can't get them now. Okay, we got them. You know, no, in that in that vein, Mike, I my question good. was always like. So I tried to dive a little bit too far into the uh, international nostalgia, like the the whole intrigue uh, of trying to figure out exactly what was going on. The and, money triangle. 
but in the beginning mm. it starts with the car chase obviously to like suck you in but then the question is yeah why are they chasing him in the first place and the car chase sets off the next interaction which mm. sets off the war between the cops and the south africans and it's just like chain of events right why south africans ran a red light at figueroa but that's the thing. They never explained what started this in the first place. I'm like, what started this? What crime did these guys commit? He's just driving his red beamer, with his truck yeah. full of gold, and all of a sudden, and submachine guns by every yeah. cop in LA. The most '80s submachine gun is those little ones that you hold at your hip and just like never hit anything with. It's like these really like like this. Yeah, like that's what Riggs does when they attack him at his trailer, and he steals an Uzi from them. It's like an M5, I think, and. And then when he gets up on the trailer, he just goes and just sprays yeah. everywhere. And I'm like, you hit nothing. He okay, goes into the shot. he goes into the brightest spot he could yeah, in the most obvious area that just, that for the helicopter to shoot <laughs> oh, at. We need to, we need to organize this. We have so many things to say. We got to organize this. Movie right, is so, so unorganized. Well, we'll it just matter. a quick summary okay. for those. Go who ahead, are, Dave. Okay, I will. Right, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, right, so but it didn't matter. Our movie starts out car chase. They try to capture these guys. They're speaking weird on the radio. They don't know what it is. They get into German. Car what, crash. No, what, they, what were some of their choices? They said German, German and Japanese. Japanese. Russian. <laughs> they guessed Russian. Yeah. Oh, hold, uh, hold on. This is Richard Donner directed, Joel Silver produced. So not, it's like, not written by. Um, uh, Oh shit! I just forgot his name. No, but so like Shane, so it's not written by Shane Black. Shane Black not did not write this Shane one, Black. which I was did the first by. one. Yeah. But, but it uh, says, is it produced by Shane Black? Because he's going to. No, it's, it's it was produced based by on Joel his Silver. story Gross. and characters or something like yeah. that. Oh, okay. So it's it's got the it's eighties movie royal pedigree. Like it should. Oh yeah. Like it's set. It, it is set up like you know it's born on it's born on the third base of eighties movies action movies. <laughs> like it should it's be able said, to just like walk home. Oh man, every like, dollar's on the screen too. They spent a lot. Like all of the the stunts and everything are are real. Like when they pull that house off yeah. of the hill that yeah. was real they spent like half a million dollars just shooting that once the scene. most jaw-dropping stunt for me was in that opening scene when um when mel gibson he was Riggs, right Riggs, Riggs yeah. is like on the front of that truck and hanging from the grill of the truck as it's like weaving through traffic that actually made my jaw drop i was like because it was a long it was a shot of a dude hanging on the front of a truck as the truck weaves through traffic, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's that unreal!" After they found so, the house on the stilts, yeah, oh, so yeah, did, I think you're right. Yeah, and, and then the camper, the, oh, the opening scene is when the camper van explodes, like it's got a nuke in it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The car the, after the end of the car chase. Yeah, when yeah. when the <laughs> truck mis- mis- of, the, of the mystery foreigner's car busts open and all these gold coins spill out, like it's pirate's booty. Brings like us in back the middle to the story. <laughs> So they're chasing the guys and they're messing up Trisha's car. Okay. And I can't remember why that's a bit, if I go back and watch the first no, one. Darlene Love. That's Darlene Love. Another person we forgot who's in this movie. She Family Matters? Is that where she No, was? Darlene. Oh, I don't know. But she's famous for one of the greatest Christmas songs of all time. Christmas. Bells will be ringing. Oh. Christmas. You know oh, that yeah. one? That's I thought her. it was, uh, what was it? Smack Santa with my dick. Um, but <laughs> that's not a Christmas song. That's oh, very popular in New Zealand. 
<laughs> that's what where is that popular new zealand is that what you see zealand um zimbabwe new zealand but and, the black, and the black it's forest of germany it's an honor it's just an honor the black forest by just the black forest but they like, we know this song we love he loves this song he's just wonderful they couldn't figure out their accents though which i thought i don't know we i know we were just talking about that but i'm still shocked that they could not figure out those accents yeah. because it's literally like australian uh new zealand and south right. africa that's what those accents <laughs> it's one of those three accents. only those places or, i was murdoch's character danny glover's character is weird because of what you're saying mike because the whole movie like in like when it comes to like information Murdaugh is like on it like he's got all this knowledge in his head he reads you can tell he's one of those guys who yeah. just like reads a lot and absorbs tons of facts about everything like he knew what, what kind of money South Africa has but he didn't know what somebody from South Africa sounds like and it made no sense and he also was like really I'll, stupid I'll in every choice Murtaugh he made on that okay. actually yeah because no, seriously, if you think about it, I mean, you can be book read and know what the That's currency true. of a certain country is, and then not having interacted with somebody from said country, you wouldn't know what they sound like. Fair they also live in LA. You would think that there's some interaction with different cultures in a in a big city like that that you'd but, have to be like. Yeah, but the other back to the original question: Why do the South Africans feel a need to establish an international crime syndicate with money laundering? Like they they did this. <laughs> I will, if you give me, I don't want to do this now, but give me like two and a half minutes later in the podcast. And I will, I just want to walk, I just want to talk through the criminal enterprise that they set up and do really point out where, okay, I'm do in it. it. So here's, wait, were, they, so wait, were they selling drugs or they were just trying to launder money? No, they were the, were they selling drugs? They no, were. they were the laundering aspect of the drug trade. No, they were, they, about it. they were selling drugs okay. because. As we will find out, it has something to do with Riggs, who used to work Vice, and then he got too close to them, and bam, oh, yeah. some bad stuff happened. I Adolf won't say kills his wife. Yeah, we. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was going to do a summary. That's, oh, I'm sorry. No, never mind. Just never mind. That's people. not the whole movie. I mean, so much more happens than. <laughs> yeah, um, he killed his wife and his girlfriend. And, and, and his girlfriend. Yeah. And the high. And uh, who he's known for two days, by the way, the girlfriend. Yeah. Do you know this all happens in, I yeah, think, Liam, uh, Liam Gallagher's yeah. wife or whatever? Yeah. Oh, that's weird that I know her face from that. They have a kid together, and, and nice. it looks just like, he looks just like Liam Gallagher. It's really her name is Patsy, <laughs> Patsy Kensit. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed her performance right at the end before she dies. Like, at the end, the, during the actual really good sex scene that's, like, kind of realistic but also movie-ish, which was good, um, and she becomes really interesting all of a sudden. She has this, like, you're like, oh, there's a character here. All right. Like, they're going to add this really interesting character into the third act of the movie. And, yeah. According, <laughs> according to IMDb, they had a whole, um, they had a whole script where she survives. Ah. And they just decided not to go. Interesting. But what? They're like, sorry. Sorry, Eric Clapton solo. So, I was I was torn between loving Eric Clapton and laughing at the saxophone, and I don't know if it's just because of like the age of it. Like I didn't realize it was Eric Clapton, but I was really vibing on all the guitar work, and I was like, "This is cool!" Like I like this. Like there's this cool like actual like detective-y score going on, and then there's this eighty saxophone, and it was funny. But I didn't know if it was meant to be funny or if it was supposed to sound awesome because that's the time period. Like what was your guys? It was meant to sound awesome. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's I think funny in the time us, period they were just like. 
oh shit, we got Eric Clapton, and Eric Clapton is like catnip for baby boomers. Yeah. <laughs> Who this movie is for. And me. I love Eric Clapton. Love me and some Eric Timmy Clapton. Capello on saxophone. Well, that's what I was hoping, Dave. Do you know, <laughs> when I saw that credit at the end of the movie that was like, it was like guitar, Eric Clapton, saxophone, whatever, uh, Jimmy Jimbo. I was so upset. I was like, man, if this had been Timmy Capello. You would have dribbled on oh, your cat. I would have like rolled around so like excited. a cat high on catnip. He was so big. He sits in his house and he's like from 88 to 1990. I was on top, man. <laughs> I would have, I would have, I would have definitely like scourged the internet to find a picture of him and Eric Clapton like jamming together in All a right. basement. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in with the haiku real quick. Okay, I'm do it. All right. Too old for this shit? You will be after this one. Where is Riggs's dog? <laughs> uh, yeah, what happened to Riggs's dog? He made it out. Charlie, made it right? Out, right. So yeah. here's what happened to Riggs's dog. Riggs, Riggs's dog gets out. They're they're riding away from they're they're, they're pick up Sam the dog. They're escaping from dudes and guns chasing them in his pickup. They see Sam running towards the back of the pickup. They stop. He jumps into the cab. He drops off Rika or whatever her name is at her house. So at her stupid. house, mm-hmm. takes her home after two strike helicopters just tried to kill them on the. And beach. he and he supposedly heard on the radio that all his friends are dead. All the cops and are he's dead. Totally fine. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna drop you off at home. I'll this see you is, later. Great date. <laughs> that was a great sleep. date. I'll pick you up tomorrow for the movie. Next Saturday, right? They just make yeah. it up for a well, little bit. Did they because, see? Uh, he's they, a gentleman. I guess, did they know? Did they see her when they like attacked his trailer? But, it, but you they have were, to think, like, yeah. Are you taking chances like that in that situation? Yeah. It was no matter what you think. fucking police station because you're a cop. <laughs> and <laughs> she's been seen. She's been seen flirting with him. It yeah. makes it's so dumb. It's the it's the worst part of the movie. It so makes no sense. The dog yeah. Sam is in the car when he drops yeah. her off, and then he goes back to the car and he gets knocked on the head like a moron oh. and gets kidnapped. Yeah. So where's and the dog? You see the dog? He does like he's like comes out of the. Oh room. no! The oh, dog right. gets in. The dog gets in the truck. The, I got yeah, this. Whoa. The dog so gets like, in the truck and he's there when they yeah. when he escapes. The dog's there. He helps him escape. Ah. Uh? <laughs> the dog did not get in the water with him. <laughs> no, but the dog is there when he uh, when he when he uh, gets out. The so dog's he gets like out of the water, the kills all the guys, right? And the dog's like, "Hey, I'm here." Oh, so what okay. the South Africans didn't notice a dog in the back of a pickup truck this entire time, driving out to some secluded spot to also confess that the main bad guy Adolf has killed Riggs's wife, and then they're like, "You know what? That yeah. exposition." Who cares if I tell you? Because you'll be dead in about five minutes. Oh, oh no! Yeah. You can get out of and straight- instead of shooting you, we will. Yeah. Just- we're going to James Bond you. Right? Okay, that's like, wait. That's so the there's a, you can actually explain is- that one. Hold on, wait. I got yeah. hold on. The 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 because I was about to. I started writing. Everybody gets executed. Like I was going to say the same thing. Like everybody gets shot in the head in this movie except the hero. But they threw him in the water to torture him because she was in there already. I think they were doing it. They they were really trying to just like fuck him up. It was like a personal vendetta. Okay, right. in, the, in the leg yeah. or something. Make sure yeah. you guys make it a little harder on him. Well, yeah, him that, they didn't have to then go take a smoke break. <laughs> like they threw him in the water, and they were like, "That's that." Right <laughs> here. <laughs> they never make it. <laughs> Nobody's coming out of that five feet of water. Oh, but <laughs> then okay, so then there, there's the shoulder dislocation trick, right? That comes yeah, classic, right? Which right. now, which I, I will say from experience. 
that's not cool. <laughs> it does I not hurt. It hurts it, a lot. It really, really hurts. And and when you dislocate your shoulder, you cannot swing your arm around and take the sack off over your head and like swim to the surface <laughs> before you put it back in. This is your this arm, is not a movie. That's this movie what I was doesn't thinking. sweat the details very right. much. But it but does give you like as enough, do most of the movies we watch. Like <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like like the detail of the racist LAPD being like, oh man, it's so fucked up that South Africa has apartheid. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Like, Rampire. Did anybody else think that like now years later, now that Mel Gibson is like definitely racist, oh, like yeah. the tone of this movie of them being like, oh man, South Africa really sucks. They have apartheid. They're so racist there. It's like, you are a member of the LAPD. Like Ronnie <laughs> King is coming up in like four years or something. Not now. even. Yeah. It's like coming it's right up against you, I think. Not even. Like, what was the LA riots? Like, 92? It was 93. 93? 93? Yeah, 93. Yeah. It was April I'm just 93. like, oh my God. It was like, Rodney King, I think, was 92 were, because they happened after the trial, right? Rodney King's walking around in this world, doesn't even know what's yeah. coming. Yeah, but they were being. It was like so. It was like so funny to to be like so rah rah America like and cops and it's like and it's like you guys are part of a racist police organization (laughs) in a country that only got rid of like uh, Jim Crow like maybe twenty years before this or twenty some places pretty recently at that point (laughs) or or not yet at all or or still working on it. And they're continued. just like, oh, that's South Africa. They're so racist. We're not racist here, though. I was yeah. honestly, like I didn't, <laughs> as obvious as that is when you say it, I wasn't paying yeah. attention to that. I was just, re- I was just feeling like, I thought it was refreshing that it wasn't drug dealing. It was just yeah. some stupid, like, pre-drug dealing bad guy you would think of, like, Here's a country yeah. you may have heard about in the news. They got bad guys there. But but <laughs> and they also, want gold. They went to such an extent to make Cougaran. every South African in this movie Cougaran. just as terrible as possible. Like the oh, worst yeah. people. Like they just not even a sh- Put like, your blick. <laughs> Put your blick. Danny Glover is so yeah, good man. in that scene. That was the scene. Oh, that yeah. was Danny Glover had most for, of the movie just had to argue with people, but that movie, that scene was like really oh, yeah. got to see. But him. except for Rika, she's she's super nice and hot, yeah. and she's yeah. like, and I she love dies LA. After seven and she's and she's, she's sex positive. Yeah. She was like taking control a little bit, like she was yeah. cool. Yeah, finger in his yeah. ass. It was yeah. It was, it was, it hot, hot South Africans aren't racist. Don't be the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the hot chicks are yeah. Charlie Theron. I mean, come yeah. on, you know. But there's also the the one great line Wait, what? is the guy like the Adolf looking guy, the guy that Riggs calls Adolf when he yeah. like just to overdo the extent of evilness of every bad guy in this movie. Like when he comes back at like somewhere in the middle of the movie. And he gives, he delivers bad news to the big bad guy. And he's like looking around. He goes like, what are you looking at? And he's like, I'm checking to make sure I'm not standing on plastic. Oh, yeah. That was uh, great. Yeah. <laughs> I love that line. Um, uh, there's that also was... uh, the, I really love the what, line with the. What did um, Mel Gibson. What did Mel Gibson say <laughs> in that, that racist rant, by the way? Remember when he got pulled over by the cops and he was like wasted and he went off on like a huge anti-Semitic rant? 
I, I don't have something memorized. <laughs> oh, I thought that was part of it now that you so had you don't have it on a scroll in that's not in the your in people's the collective memory. Watching watching a young Mel Gibson is tough because you're like, oh, you know what? He is like a, just a crazy drunk, fun loving eighties <laughs> like, like actor guy. He was a drunk movie star for this entire movie. By the way, yeah. he just drank his ass off throughout this whole movie. <laughs> Yeah, it takes I mean, Noah drunk, and he was drunk as fuck <laughs> for this movie. I mean, Sarah was like, he's super hot. Like, his body is really hot in this movie. Dude, yeah, he's ripped. Yeah, he's better than like Kevin Costner's butt. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> in Prince of Thieves. He, he, um, he also prototyped Kevin Bond. Costner's pancake yeah. ass. Uh, yeah. Riggs is the prototype of every, like, Tom Cruise and Will Smith action hero, too. Like, going oh, forward. Yeah. With, with like run, running down cars and just like hyper athletic and uh, always like saying some cool shit at every time. Like the they, rundown uh, is so amazing. The, the, like, I think he does that in the first movie too. Just like takes off running after the cars. It's like a thing. His yeah, thing. the cars aren't yeah. going fast enough in the car chase. He has to uh-huh. get out and run. <laughs> That's why it's funny when they, they kind of flip it on you and have uh, the station wagon catch up to him. <laughs> well, that brings me back to my same question. Okay, so in our little summary, because we didn't get anywhere, basically they, <laughs> they're fighting. Yeah, it's tradition. They're fighting with the South Africans. We don't know why. Money laundering seems to be the thing. There seems to be like there's supposed to be some drugs around. We're really not sure. Anyway, within about five minutes, they threatened Murtaugh's family with a warning, right? Everyone knows about it. Of course, the cops don't back off. Then in between that, is that when they go to the uh, – do they go to the, the consulate after that? The first one, before the toilet bomb. They do. Yes, that, that's when they yeah. go to serve the warrant, but they can't do anything because they have – Diplomatic immunity. No, they get reassigned <laughs> to Leo first. Then when they go to Leo, which oh, is Ashley's character, and who gets – who has attempted murder put on him – and they can't do anything. They're like, oh, oh, I remember. There's a house on stilts. And they're like, let's go there. And then that's oh, when yeah, they you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. right. But they, um, they have the awesome dive off the balcony after the right. attempted, like, room service hit on Leo. I thought that, too. Uh, so J-Bone is putting up the number seven, which is they were up seven floors into <laughs> six-foot-deep six pool, maybe. Yes. I'm not sure. <laughs> It's a good splash. They make it. They all make it. It's fine. I know. But then he, wait, that scene was confusing because he's just literally like, hey, don't worry about it. I'm going to break into this house. And then he just like, it's just like the weirdest police work. Like, I don't really understand it. You know what? This is, he just broke into that house, right? Yeah, he said he was he was going to peeping Tom. That's what he called it. He said he was going to be a peeping Tom. They 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 just walked into the house. Did they have a warrant? I mean, I'm assuming no. no. Not until they do the whole chase with the with. It was like the the front of the truck. Remember, it was yeah. They get they they go to the the, the no, but remember. But remember, he, oh he my goes, god, wait, wait, do you remember? <laughs> no, do you remember? He goes in yeah. with the pool stuff, he has the pool stick, or whatever. Do you remember now that you're like frozen? And then there's just like, there's no pool, yeah, it's a house on stilts, it made no sense. It, Right, Mike, Mike's, the house Mike's on, on assignment. Still. Looking, Mike's on assignment in where are you, Mike? Arizona. Yeah, 
I'm in yeah, Arizona right now, assignment. and I'm not sure. I think the internet is bad here. Now we can be funny. Yeah, my um. So I wrote a favorite line down, and it was uh-huh. from the um the police chief. And uh, when Murdoch, or I mean, when Riggs is smoking in his office, and they do like the no smoking sign joke like twelve times. I don't give a fuck, Riggs. That's why I don't have an ulcer because I know when to say I don't give a fuck. Now here's where he's staying. Oh, that line. That's really awesome. <laughs> a good line. My favorite line was uh, the Donald Trump lotto. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I picked up on that, too. <laughs> That's what um, I mean, though. Murdoch was smart, and then, except when the plot required him to be really stupid. And then all well, of a sudden, let's be honest here. They don't know any really good police tactics because they never keep the element of surprise ever. It's never. Except for the first time. They they had they had the surprise the first time, which time when they went to the st- the, the, the stilt house. Yeah, just, but he kind of blew it like really quickly. He was like, like a pool guy, and then he's like, "Oh, we don't have a pool." And then he's just like, "All right, I'm gonna kick it. Fuck. All right, I'm gonna beat you up." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, they could have gone with maybe six or seven other possible like disguises, <laughs> <laughs> or any disguise, or like, I'm gonna wear a hat. Figured out a way. Figured out a way to like get a warrant and do it like. I don't know, actual police work? <laughs> Legally, you mean? <laughs> Actually, I would have watched the whole movie the of end, them. Go ahead, Mike. Even at the end when when they're like lying there and the police are coming, I'm like, they just shot an unarmed diplomat <laughs> on a ship. <laughs> like in the harbor and like they uh, like... No, Don't he was very armed. He just like he just emptied fun. his like yeah. German pistol at Riggs. I shot wrote him down. Twice. Was that a Luger he had? Was it was a Luger? Thanks, Dave. I couldn't think of the, the yeah, was like, that German was like, gun. Oh, Everybody knows really his German pistol. I'm sure they were in in the writer's room or whoever it was. They were like, okay, like we're gonna make them like the Nazis. Like, and then even more, they went down. They were like, he's got a Luger. Yes, so Nazi. Right. Can we basically South Africa, Nazi Argentina, same place to an '80s American audience. It's fine. Nobody knows. All right. Brazil. So what happens well, after? Well, the apartheid was very popular then. <laughs> yeah, like that's the, true. The issue of apartheid was well, very yeah. popular in the late 80s for, for people to, like, hop on and do concerts for against it and stuff like that. Like Queen, I never, yeah, I never remember. Of Queen got in a lot of trouble. Queen got in a lot of trouble for uh, playing Sun City, which was a venue in south africa and any band that went there and played was uh basically you know not canceled but they were they people you know let them know about it well since i heard that story <laughs> i have i think it was in the Apparently, movie it might have been in the yeah. queen movie oh yeah uh, this no, i don't know maybe well this actual movie um yes. according again to the internet came out in south africa and was played without being censored at all by the government. And then within 12 months, I think, is when they started ending apartheid under de Klerk. So, uh, so you're saying so Lethal Weapon let me, 2. Let me, let me see. Lethal Weapon 2 may have ended <laughs> apartheid in South Africa. Not <laughs> I, saying it did. Not saying it didn't. Just saying strong possibility. I wanted strong you to say that. I wanted you to say it. <laughs> so ironic for the amount of racism that Mel Gibson has put into the universe. He may have actually done a movie that ended some form of racism somewhere else. So are we against or, or with apartheid? What? We're against it. We're against it. it. Against it. <laughs> yeah. we are, we're against it. I mean, if I had to 
I'm against it pretty much. I make the joke because as a kid, I never, as a kid, I kind of knew what it was, but like I had an idea that it was this thing, but I was never sure the language of like, wait, are we supporting it or are we supporting efforts against it? And I was very confused by that a lot as a child. All I just gotta think like a part and saying like it's a policy of a part, a part time. A part of what? No, like not a part, like separate. (laughs) A part. (laughs) Like a part. It's like there's a tide. I'm, I'm explaining it all wrong. Two tides are apart. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like blacks and whites apart. Yeah. That's the policy of apartheid. Like a, like yeah. a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it, J Bone. Like oh. two like a black cookie and a white cookie, but you cut it you cut it in half and you put it a wall in between both halves of the cookie. Got it. It sounds and, so. and the black side of the chocolate side of the cookie gets the worst side. <laughs> <laughs> but in Am I explaining yeah. apartheid right? But in a oh, I thought you were still talking about America. <laughs> oh yeah, well, well, I mean that goes for America too. Oh wait, okay, hold on. Fun segue. How many yes. times does Joe Pesci say <laughs> all okay? All right, all right. Oh, all right. Well, I, I want to know. Okay. This. Right. okay, 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 okay. How many times? How many Maybe times? And then somebody can find the supercut. Three hundred. Three hundred is Dave's guess. All right. Do you know the answer? Do you know? I the know answer? the answer. I looked it up. Oh. Uh, I want to say like 62. All right, I so say that's like 162 80. for J-Bone. Hold on, I'm writing this down. Oh, Mike's low version us. He's going for like the $1. No, it's like not. It's three. not Price is Right rules. So you got to be close. No. 80. All right, 80. And what'd you say, Dave? 300, some shit like that? 300 flat. Anyway, he says, okay, 105 times in this movie. No. Oh. So that would be, I think Mike wins. He said 80. Is this the close? Okay. Okay, but you'll get it back. Okay. There's a clock in your room. Okay. And you'll be out. No. Okay. Riggs, I'd like to really critique here. In the scene when he and Darlene Love are having their heart to heart, like in the beginning of the movie, Riggs is making stew for breakfast or something for everybody. Chili. 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 But he chops the onion without peeling it and then throws it in the pot, just like that. I caught that. You know what else he puts in the chili? I was annoyed by that. Beer. You know what else he puts in the was chili? It dog food? No, it was crushed up Oreos. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, then it looked like he slipped a can of dog food into it at one Hold point. On. <laughs> Later on, he when he's uh, trying to woo the South African secretary in the food store, he asks mm-hmm. her, he's he like, do you like your chili with or without secretary. crushed Oreos? <laughs> she, 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 she says, of course. She's on it. I remember that line. She's uh that was one of the parts where I was like, all right, this girl's gonna be a good character. Why is um, she dressed like a barrister then? She's a professional she's dress. That's she's professional dress. She looks like she's she belongs on parliament. What's a barrister? A barrister oh, oh. is a yeah. British uh, uh lawyer. Judge or lawyer is a right. lawyer. You know when right. like Europeans come over to America and you can just tell that they're like not quite dressed like Americans? That's just what you're saying there. Yeah. You're like no, that they would mean they're well. not dressed like Americans, period. Not like I'm imagining it. Like th- that she didn't have on a muumu with white <laughs> collar. <laughs> it looked like she needed a powdered wig and that she was judgment. She's going to start yelling at everyone. old shit, you know? I guess it's like, I don't know, they're just her work clothes, man. Everybody has work clothes. That they, you know. Send me I'm a picture tomorrow when you're working, Mike. I want to see you in that outfit. Okay. <laughs> Deal. Sorry. Deal. Those are work clothes. I want to see you in them. 
<laughs> Did wait? It's not 1989. The, <laughs> oh, the part. Does the part when he's this is also part of the 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 string of terrible police work that they do. Um, the part where he's just following the South African diplomat around, yeah, is amazing. Is is amazing, but also like <laughs> has serves no purpose. Like I, I, I will say, I was a hundred percent on board with everything that happened in this movie, even though nothing <laughs> in this movie really makes sense when you start to talk about it or break it down. But there's one shot when he's standing outside with the protesters and they look down at security footage. Mm-hmm. And he literally <laughs> like looks up and gives like a like one of those smiles, like bing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a close-up in the security footage. Yeah, I'm buying Solo's theory that Gibson was hammered this whole movie. That's this really because a lot of times where he like repeat, it's it's true. It's fact. No, he according to IMDb, it. it's fact. He told uh, he, he would tell Richard Donner he's like I drank five beers for breakfast this morning, <laughs> but I still showed up to work on time. <laughs> and then like there's it's it's this whole thing. There's this like five paragraphs in the IMDb summary talking about how Mel Gibson was a functional alcoholic but still did amazing punctual work. Like nice. took pride he, in that. He probably he worked out like a thing too. <laughs> He's Australian. That's why. Yeah, that's true. The, that's he he is very funny in this. Uh, really I think funny. it's like we see we've seen him in so many serious roles. Like after I, I don't know. I guess like re- more recently, he keeps doing these like revenge films and. I don't know his very serious movies, Braveheart, but it's like you forget Daddy's how funny Daddy's Home that was. Too. Yeah, I <laughs> I kind of go to bat for Apocalypto. <laughs> I thought yeah, Apocalypto I thought was kind of a really good movie. Yeah. He's a good I director. I don't know how well we should do Braveheart on the podcast because I, I was thinking about that. Oh, I one still saw good. it recently, and I don't know how well <laughs> some of the parts are a little bit like. Uh, I would love to do a Braveheart <laughs> Rob Roy go back Braveheart's because like, I've always yeah. been a Rob Roy guy, and I bet you Rob Roy is a way better movie than Braveheart. But Braveheart's now. like three hours, isn't it? I don't know if I can do yeah. a three-hour movie on this. I love yeah, it. I really like always have. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So basically, why haven't we talked about toilet bombs yet? <laughs> oh, you're saving the, it for the, the scene. Okay. It's not just toilet bombs. So it's the, there's yeah. a whole thing, too, that there's a whole setup. And it's what – actually, this goes back to the dog thing that J-Bone, uh, who threw the dog a bone, was um, – <clears throat> talking about earlier where basically i thought when the dog like when riggs gets knocked out and the dog peeks his head up i was like oh they're gonna do like something where the dog like saves him they're doing like some two real thing blah 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 and then it never happened because everything else in this movie there's always some sort of i can't foreshadowing as to what it is like so riggs is getting an addition put onto his uh garage right murtaugh's right Uh, and so that leads into like when he's going to get attacked by them, right? And then, well, the nail gun, to, the nail gun's yeah, the foreshadowing. They also, yeah. they yeah, they they give Murtaugh a warning, then they try to blow him up, then they try to kill him again. I mean, man, he he really is too old for this shit. No, I no, mean, so the wasn't the oh, you're right. The toilet bomb was before the nail gun. It was, and it I noticed because they were it like. It gives them an excuse to get the whole family out of town and still have action scenes in the house. I think. Yeah, and they were yeah, like, uh, I think it no, so they were already out. Yeah, the warning got the family out of town, mm-hmm. and that was. But then before. he still keeps going home. Everybody like, goes stupid home. Stupid police. So That's also what I'm saying. That, yeah, and also that gives them time for the condom commercial. So. 
I like that. Oh, There's a couple condom. things. The condom commercial doesn't pay off till later than you expect. And I really appreciated that. Like a movie nowadays would go right to that joke within two scenes max. And the, this movie like doesn't go back to it for a good amount of time. I feel like enough that they wouldn't trust an audience to remember it nowadays to be like, oh yeah, that was 20 minutes ago in the movie. We have to remember that callback. I and thought the callback like was even better with, with Joe Pesci being like, I love this yeah. commercial. <laughs> she makes me want to buy rubbers. Yeah, the, the, she makes me want to buy rubbers line. I actually think is really funny. No, the, and the, the condom what, what tree what is, is, is by far the payoff. Called? What are they called? I don't the know. What? The I don't remember. What, yeah. they call the brand Cobra? name? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, what's the brand name? What are they called? Centurion? Okay. No. Oh, <laughs> Although that's a good I like one, that. That's yeah, that's really yeah. good. King yeah. Cobra? No. Um, Ramsey's Condoms Extra. <laughs> <laughs> what's that? <laughs> that's what it says at the end. Was like, did you pause the movie? You say what's that? No, <laughs> I, just, I had the subtitles on because uh, sometimes... <laughs> Emily is sleeping, so I don't have the volume very loud, and it makes all these movies like a whole new experience to have the closed captioning on because you can wear you can wear earphones instead of reading. But I mean, obviously, I love when Danny when they all gather around to watch the watch the the commercial. With um, they gather around to watch the commercial, and the like pretend the potential boyfriend is there. Yeah, and Danny Glover's like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "Um, you know, whoever we met last week, we had a great conversation." He goes, "Danny Glover goes." Did I give you the impression that I liked you? And he's like, yes, sir. <laughs> but he like says it like, I really don't remember you. Can you just give me the quick, like, what happened? <laughs> oh, Dave, thank you. This movie could have used thank some Gary you. Busey. So the first one is... What I, I I honestly should have fought harder to do the first one, just because obviously it's Christmas and the first one's a Christmas movie. Oh, just yeah. like up and no one to Die Hard that Richard Donner, no, no, Joel Silver no, also don't produced, you dare. which is a Christmas John movie. John directed Die Hard. Okay, yeah, but Joel Silver name. produced, right? And if, hold on, more fun facts. If you look in the background of the shot where they fall off the balcony with the room service hitman you can mm-hmm. see nakatomi plaza in the background nice oh, no way. <laughs> all right and of course they were trying to cast they were had a possibility of bruce willis in lethal weapon and bruce willis wound up doing die hard and mel gibson wound up doing lethal weapon and the rest is history could have gone either way Whoa. both actors were considered for both roles i think so either just, i think both movies work either way if you yeah. flipped them, I'd still I'd be like, all right, I'll watch that. I'll watch those same movies with those I, guys. I kind of would have loved yeah. to have seen like Riggs in uh, Die Hard to yeah. see how that like would. Mel Gibson Bruce is Willis. really good at take at taking punishment on screen. Yeah, yeah I, I think to quote Bruce Willis, if, if say he was not in Die Hard, you wouldn't get all the Jersey humor. That's what he calls it. <laughs> and they have interviews with him saying that he did Hudson Hawk, the worst movie ever. And he's like, you know, it's like Jersey humor. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> and I'm like, God, oh, God, I'm from New Jersey. But, oh, so anyway, no, Dave, so to answer your question, the plot of Lethal Weapon 1 is, remember how Riggs is so messed up, is that he's like a hard, like a hard scrabble Vietnam vet. 
Right, and he and lost that, his wife, right? Then he lost yeah. him, but he like, but that was what was tethering him together, and then he lost yeah. his wife, and then he like goes off the deep end. But and he, they have to like hunt down the girl. It's the like girl, the rest, yeah, the rest of his crew, yeah. from Vietnam are the bad guys in Lethal Weapon, and they're this like assassin squad with <sighs> Gary yeah. Busey, otherwise known as Mister Joshua, the hitman. Yeah. Yes. There we go. So, right, right. So, and then Lethal, Lethal Weapon, Weapon Three brings Rene Russo in. So yeah, and Lethal Weapon Four brings Jet Li and Chris Rockin. And yes. and, le- and even less script than this movie. <laughs> With the four, they fucking made up as they went. But in the shows. franchise, this is why I'm glad you said that. They're all dealing with some political issue. Did you notice that? So the third one dealing is dealing about- with or using as window dressing to have a bad guy with a foreign <laughs> yeah, accent. Yeah. I was gonna oh, say like so Rambo was- deals with the political issue. Yeah, <laughs> first blood certainly does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it did. First Blood's good, really good. I mean, that's a good movie. Yeah. Oh, well, First Blood's like a legit, it's not even really like an action movie. It's like a right. legit, like, just good movie. But yeah, no, but they, the for some reason, I don't know why they decided that with the Lethal Weapon franchise. So the third one is about ex-cops who are putting, what, cop killer bullets out onto the streets. That's right? bullets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Killers. Cop killer bullets. And then um, the fourth one is about sex trafficking. With the Chinese, oh. so in you the movie, to, not in real life. So, so *Lethal Weapon* <laughs> franchise ended apartheid, which we want. We wanted it yeah. ended, and it also is the influence of all four seasons of *The Wire*. That's and it. Helped, there you and, go. and like, did Mel Gibson like try to shine a light on international, you know, yeah. human trafficking? 15 ended, years before it, it was human trafficking it ended, and about the um, jewish control of the media he's yeah. really trying to shine a light on that too <laughs> that one didn't go over so well he, he tried uh, that it. was going to be the fifth movie but it died in the writer's room floor no he wrote that one yeah, it's uh, called the patriot that's it that movie is awful people that like that movie really and bad. i don't that's one of those few movies that i have like an Wait, hold on. is that the revolutionary war movie with heath yeah, ledger, with heath ledger. Uh-huh. I, I like that movie. that movie i like that movie I asked Whoa. Isaac something. Well, it doesn't it like you, Solo. <laughs> again, yeah. but again with the same formula with the bad guy that is like so bad. Yeah. Like so, like you, you're like, how did this guy get to this point in life being this much of an asshole? Like at some point, would his mother have just been like, "You're an evil, evil fucker. I got to drown that's you." Why, that's or why something. I appreciate uh, uh, Stallone's like Rambo comeback when it's they kind of take that idea to the extreme where they're like. This guy is so bad. He's basically a cartoon villain that could exactly. never be real. So you're you're just cheering for everyone to get their heads blown off. And I feel like like other movies don't take it quite far enough <laughs> to get by on that. Well, you it know? depends because if you're – I always thought if your bad guy was likable enough, it made it a better action movie in the sense of like Alan Rickman, Die Hard. You almost perfect want, example. You almost want him to win. I guess that's what I mean. Char- it breaks that formula. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. And or he like a really deep character, like we No Country for Old Men. Emily, that's yeah. different. Don't you dare bring No Country for Old Men into this. <laughs> oh, I will. Deadwood. We're rewatching Deadwood. Swearinger, Ian McShane's character. In the beginning, I'm like, oh man, I don't know why Swearinger. I liked him so much. But as the series starts to go on, he he's, he's so much more charming in this cruel way, even than the Powers Booth character. And Powers Booth character is great too. Sigh. I know. Yeah, but Listen, I don't know people's names who I've who I've worked with for five years, but I know every fucking character on Deadwood. That show is yeah. one of the greatest <laughs> things I've ever seen. But is Swearingen a, a villain? He's just like no. a brothel no. owner. There's like a business. You owner. see some villainy actually come to town that makes 
Al look yeah. like Al's kind of like well, an, an agent they, of order and chaos. Obviously, sh- they sh- like they show him. I think in the in the uh, show as the villain in the beginning for sure. All right, we can't do Deadwood. We can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. We're way off. Tangent. We're gonna do. Let's do a Deadwood podcast. No, but Swearinger is Mr. Joshua. Is Cougaran? He is not in Weapon Two. He's not in Lethal Weapon Two. But he is in essence. Powers Booth would be. Powers Booth could have been in Lethal Weapon Two. That would have been fine. If there's if there's certain things I know that are true, certain things that I know that are true that happened between 1983 and 1997. It's that cops are inept. It's that bad, <laughs> bad guys are the most evil people that you will ever encounter. It is night and day. You will know the second you meet a bad guy that that and is a bad guy. It takes a cowboy <laughs> who follows his own rules. A dog will save your life yeah. more than once and then disappear and save your life again. <laughs> and apparently and, station wagons make the best police cars. And, and st- station wagons tri- are tanks they will never break down <laughs> they will never die and all you have to do to woo a woman is just be relentless and yeah and uh, literally <laughs> and literally kidnap her from yeah, a be relentless like, well, don't no, take no, her no. And throw her over your shoulder against her will and leave <laughs> Here, like, here's, the move. here's the move and throw those to... ramsey's condoms out man yeah. no you, you know, here's the move this is how it. you get this is mel, mel gibson is teaching you how to get the chicks that's go, what i figured you go to her job <laughs> break into her boss's office and you shoot open you shoot into the giant tropical fish tank mm-hmm. <laughs> spilling fish all over the floor and then when you walk out and she's like what are you doing here you make some joke like huh, just like dropped in and it got all like wet or whatever <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you get what he said yeah <laughs> And it got all oh, every time. All oh, right. did anyone notice the commercials in the movie? Yes. So yes. Ramsey's. Yeah, the other one, Bonos. Bo, Bo Jackson. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I saw Bo Jackson. Yeah, there was something else too I noticed too. I can't remember. They were watching uh, Tales from the Crypt before the right. oh, yeah, commercial yeah. came on. I see, and I some that. Three Stooges, a great that was 80s a good show. trope. One Apparently, thing I've also Mel Gibson learned, loves the three I've learned from this movie yeah. is that rolling on the ground and shooting at the same time somehow does not make you a target for getting shot. <laughs> Mel Gibson no, does no some amazing, like, I, I just, like, I wish, I wish that more movies had stunts that looked like guys in their backyard playing pretend. Like this yeah. movie did. How about we play There's the time game in this movie, just in this in this podcast for quite just a second? Where Riggs is going to go, he's riled up. He's going to take down the house on stilts. He calls Raj, who has just escaped two people killing him at his house. And it looks like Raj is at the police station doing some paperwork. Nailed them both. Yeah, and he's like, "I'm good. <laughs> Nobody needs to come and investigate this." So he calls him. He's at the office, eh, and he's like, "All right, I'm with you." And Riggs is, I don't know, in the hills somewhere on an abandoned road going somewhere. And suddenly Danny Glover's car like stops right in front of him. They don't even give like, (laughs) I was like, like, I found you on the road. (laughs) No, And and the best part is, hold on. He's like, he's like, Riggs, do you have a plan? He's like, yeah. And then he's like, <laughs> I do some shit out back and you start shooting. And he's like, if you're murdering, you're like, no, that's that's not a he's plan. Like, well, what's the signal? He's like, you <laughs> no, know. Not, then there's, there's a lot going on in front of the, the house rest, on stilts. 
I like there's there's like the dude who's broken down. There's some kind of work going on on like the light poles or the trees or something out there. There's like so much going on directly in front of that driveway. Oh no, but Dave's talking about the scene where he where right Dave, you're talking about the scene where Riggs literally pulls the house down. Yeah, it's right before and I'm that. Saying it, yeah, when they just, pull up yeah. to that, when Danny Glover and Leo pull up, you, they like park. They have to like parallel park. There's so much going on in front but of that. That's house. that. It's pretty, that it was uh, J Bone. Damn it! That's the. <laughs> That's the first time they go to the house on stilts. Oh. Yeah. That's a oh, whole different yeah. scene. Oh, it's the second bad. one. The first time yeah, when he, when he jumps yeah. on the tow truck. Yeah. There's okay. a little great ADR, uh, ADR in that scene. If you notice, he like jumps on the truck and, he, and it just goes, gotcha. Yeah. There's a lot of ADR in this movie. There's a lot <laughs> so of Mel Gibson much. lines that they had to yeah. re-record or like shoot the back of his head. I like how they had to throw in when, uh, so they go to the, ho- the, ho- the house on stilts for the first time. And they're about to do the tow truck chase. And um, what you call Leo is running behind the tow truck. Obviously, Briggs cannot hear him, but he's like, that's the guy from the hotel. That's the guy from the hotel. He's in the truck. And you're like, why do you need to? I don't even need to know that. You know what? Like they could have had him die. He rolls over and then he goes, that's the guy from the hotel. And we go, oh. But he was smashed by a surfboard, so I guess maybe that didn't make sense to do it prior. No, they, they didn't no, roll anybody over. They say dead. His face, there's yeah. a surfboard where his face used to be. Yeah, he was dead. All right, let's do it. Let's let's let's. Mike, uh, who goes first? Dave. I'll go first. Uh, doesn't Dave. matter. Right. Dave. Does Lethal Weapon Two suck now? I'll, I'll do it in two seconds, and I'm going to go. Real oh fast. wait, I'm sorry. I stepped all over something. Your titles. Dun, 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 dun. Alternate titles. Alternate titles. <laughs> All right, Lethal Titties 2. <laughs> Watch out, two. he's doing something crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Diplomatic dickery. Um, <laughs> I like pain. Lethal doo-doo. <laughs> I'm, I'm too old to take a shit. <laughs> Ramsey's extra. Uh, um, evil Aquarium. Uh, but I don't give a fuck. That was just a line. Oh, Sax mm. explains it all. Um, you know the yeah, mullet parade. Uh, rigs, rigs. What's your conditioner? Um, <laughs> diplomatic dookie duke. <laughs> I'll fuck your ass. What you said in the movie? Fast talking, fast fucking. Um, I think I mo- I meant to re- write master mullet, and then death by diving. I those are good. I have a few to add. Ready? Oh, I want to add right on. Camper goes boom. <laughs> I like that one. Sounds like so much collateral stuff. damage. <laughs> Stalker cop. Mm. Chekhov's fish tank. And my favorite is nailed two. <laughs> oh, I like the last one. Nailed Wait, it. Wait, I have one. Nailed I have it. one. They fuck you at the drive through. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that joke. I was laughing. Was so good. So much of everything. You know what's really funny too is when Joe Pesci is so funny. Oh, yeah. When I started watching this movie again, I was like, oh, okay. I guess I'll discover new stuff. And I was like, nope. Dad definitely (laughs) had of this one. And I watched it so many times that I knew every scene. And the minute it came up, I went, oh, yeah. And there was nothing new I was, like, discovering through it. Even with Highlander, there was a lot of stuff that I had to, like, it was, like, revisiting. You Mm -hmm. know, you're like, oh, right, that shot. I never noticed this. I never, nope. This one? Nope. Nope. This movie is vapid. It's like disappears <laughs> oh, it's really into thin air. <laughs> it fucks you right. hard and leaves you wet. In that. All right. Um, 
Okay, Solo, does Lethal Weapon 2 suck now? I'm just going to come out and say it. Yes, it does. I was I was wildly disappointed in this movie. And and I feel like my experience is very similar to Dave, where I found it on VCR uh, tape and watched it maybe 5,000 times. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the second stage when you rediscover it in your mid-20s to early 30s, you're like, okay, I get it. The first movie made like $80,000 million and this is passable. But then... I don't know. I maybe my expectations were too high. Maybe I didn't give it the pass that I gave Highlander for iconic value. But the rule that I want to hold it to is either you're going to go over the top and you're going to do it right, like Highlander or Big Trouble or all these movies that I loved or Pee Wee, and that's going to be it. And that's the approach you're going to take, or you're not, and you're going to try to do it seriously and right. And this movie straddled the line and didn't do well either. Mm. And that's why like, I couldn't get into it as like a real cop movie. And it was just trying to be too funny and it wasn't funny enough to be a parody. And I couldn't commit to either Avenue and it, it kept me wanting in both directions. And for that reason, I, I thought it sucked. I did. I just wasn't really able to, I really wanted to do lethal weapon one. I did. I wanted the Christmas movie with, <laughs> With with Gary Busey as the hitman and next Christmas, next next Christmas. There's always next. Christmas. We do like Scrooge as our last one for the year. We're not gonna get a Christmas. This is our Christmas movie. No, come on. What are you kidding me? <laughs> We're not gonna get one in. Um, sure. Yeah. Right, is half over. I'll go, the year's I'll go next. J Bone. J Bone. J Bone. J Bone. Does Lethal Weapon Two suck now? By the strict definition, I don't think it sucks, but I don't think it's very good in a lot of ways either. For a lot of the same things you you guys are already saying, especially that it's like two different movies and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't within the movie. Here's the things that I did really love about Lethal Weapon 2. Mel Gibson is like straight up movie star. He's amazing in it. Um, The stunts are incredible, except for the bomb on the... Um, the cool. diving board, which did not age very well at all, and is <laughs> hilarious. Um, the editing is really good. Like the the person who edited this movie, I didn't catch their name, and I don't know if they're Richard Donner's like person or something, but it is damn near masterfully edited. For especially considering, I don't think the script was very solid, and they had to really piece this movie together. And the action scenes are really good i did not like the sound design i had a huge problem i thought it was chaotic and over the top in a way that was distracting for a lot of it and i don't know if it's just because i was wondering if like this movie was such a blueprint for how many action how action movies have gone over the last few decades i think they're indiana jones sounds in my you know the loud punch the sound like the over over big gun sound like that's right but it's chaotic and there's and the music is always swelling like the saxophone is constantly trying to peak like at all times and i just i almost found it like a little overwhelming at first especially the way it opens um timmy capello is overwhelming it was, it if, if only it had been him. I love the way that Mel Gibson and Danny Glover would laugh at each other. I thought their chemistry was just really charming and natural. And they seemed like they were having a lot of fun, even if Danny Glover maybe was just trying to like improvise against Mel Gibson being hammered all the time, which is a thankless job, I imagine. 
Um, <laughs> they both, and, and Joe Pesci just talking loudly constantly. Um, there's a lot of good talent in this movie. And I can't really say I'd like super recommend it, but I also think there's too much things that are good to say it fully sucks. I'm mm. kind of in the middle. You got to pick. You got to pick. So, uh, no, it doesn't suck. You can't right. say it doesn't fully it doesn't, suck now. It doesn't fully right. suck. Put on, it put never on gets like the, the object in its mouth to suck on. It gets on close. The, on, the, on the scale, what is the scale? <laughs> it's, it's, what is it, like the Hanks to Hitler scale for does it suck? It's like big trouble to mannequin. Where does it fall on the scale? I it's a, it was just it's certainly above Robin button. Hood. It's certainly above Robin Hood, and, it, and I don't yeah. think it's a bad movie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that acceptable? Mike, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Can you can you convince Solo that your take is right about whether or not Lethal So Weapon I mean I'll I'll now? come right out of right out of the gate here and say that I don't think that Lethal Weapon 2 sucks now. Uh and I think it's not a good script. I think the story is bad. But I think that there's just there's just so much there that they could kind of do no wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, like they were just like, all right, Mel Gibson, make a joke. Joe Pesci, make a joke. And the jokes are funny. And let's just have an action sequence. And it's an over-the-top action sequence. And I thought all the action sequences were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, like, interested in it the whole time. Um, but I realized it's like... It, I can't overanalyze it. It's just like one of those movies. It is like it's vapid popcorn. It puffs. Yeah, it's like not the bag an of onion. Chips. It's like it's not it's an half onion. air. Like think <laughs> about yeah, think about it like a bag of the potato chips. onion. Like <laughs> the donut. potato chip. Like a bag of potato chips is never fully full. Most there's a lot of air in a bag of potato chips. But does that stop you from cracking open that bag and enjoying those potato chips? No, it's still, it it's still delivering that to you. Yeah, and there's <laughs> usually enough potato chips in a make in you a be what? like <laughs> in a what delicious uh, you know, potato chips. I, I know maybe Dave, this metaphor Dave, did you say it did suck or didn't suck but I haven't said anything yet Dave didn't say uh, it. I'm, I'm gonna say it doesn't suck now and I remember it I did my I alternative loving this, I remember loving this movie a lot as a kid and I remember also watching it a thousand times yeah. And and this movie definitely had really had nothing new to offer me. I mean, there's no. like the scene where you see the boobs and I have fond memories of that. That was uh in my uh It's a really good sex scene. Bacon. I want to reiterate it that. It is. It's actually you sexy and kind of realistic but also bank. cinematic. That's which, so which, rare. Which, that was one <laughs> thing I wanted to see was now do I do I still think it's like hot cuz it like it like Pretty, is seared huh? in my brain. It was like one of the one of those things where you're like, oh my god, boobs on a VHS. Yes. Rewind. <laughs> Just rewind. 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 You know? It was it, you know. But I rented Under Siege. Yeah, that no. was my movie for uh boobs in oh, action. Yeah. Oh, that's good boobs. There were boobs in Lethal Weapon One before they jumped off the balcony. There were. <laughs> that's yeah, and wait, the is that line. are they all doing Coke or something? Is that yeah, I, 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 it's she, does, yeah she does drugs yeah. before she jumps off right. the balcony to her death, but yeah. she's topless when she makes the fall. Just but, but I do like watching this movie now Beautiful through boobs. the lens of now, which is like certain things stick out. Like like uh, they are being very critical 
of apartheid. And it's like, oh, yeah, Mel Gibson's a racist. Oh, yeah, the LAPD, like, beat up that guy and got away with it. Like, it's just like a lot of these things that, like, what is it, 40, 30-something years later, it's like, uh, has not maybe aged so well. Are you guys making beauty faces? <laughs> like, you're... You did really good, Mike. You landed that plane. Yeah, I'm sorry. You got a face on radio, Mike. All right, so Dave, (laughs) Dave, you're going to – I'm really curious. I I can't really – I don't really have a read on what you're going to say, Dave. I'm curious. So Ah. does Lethal Weapon 2 suck now? No. Well, (laughs) first of all, with some of the comments we got from my reaction to Highlander, I just want to say to anyone out there, if you want to hit the streets and have a battery fight over this, like a Philly-style battery fight, I'm down. Do it. You don't even know and how to I, fight, I stick Dave. To my guns. You didn't watch Highlander enough. <laughs> when I watched, the, I watched a lot of Steven Seagal, which now exactly. I so now, <laughs> you mean like a car battery fight attached to swords? I mean like the batteries <laughs> they threw at whatever opposing teams at like the Phillies game. Oh, JD Drew. Is that what you yeah. did? It. That's, that's, that's not thing, a fight so much wait. as it is advanced heckling. So I know we cut Steven Seagal out. But I want to mention the one thing I think that Solo told that story about how St- when Steven Seagal was 17, he moved to Japan and like took over a dojo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like invaded Which the country. Which may or and may just, not like, be true. Yeah, and then before he joined the CIA. Anyway, so Dave, yes. back to the movie. Does it suck now? Tell us. Now. Uh, yeah, I'm going to come out and say it. I actually don't think that it sucks now. And the reason oh. is I go by my same my same thing. Like, I thought the editing, I wrote that down too. I thought the editing was great. Mm-hmm. I thought they they had a way of landing the jokes, keeping the pace going. I don't think that it has any more value than that. I don't think the story is any deeper. I'll give it to Highlander. Much better story. But I have to say that I, I enjoy this movie. And I don't know if that's because I've seen um, Patty Kensett's titties 5,000 times or not, but good on you, Patsy. They're wonderful. Um, we were being think, really classy and saying boobs, and you had you know, to go and say titties and really titties. You know how you get the, the best comic timing out of titties? You got to go titties like that. It's, <laughs> but, um, Solo, put your shirt back on. I say you should <laughs> say you... breast assist because that's like, <laughs> like an 80s joke, right? It is. So Memories. I think, you know, in general, I, I – would I watch it again? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'd watch it again. I'd almost want to watch it with someone else because I think it's it's just funnier that way. You watch it again? I would. I don't know why. <laughs> Honestly, I don't have a very good reason, even though there's a lot of stuff that I am kind of like, I agree with everything everyone's been saying. I love the nail gun sound for some reason. I've always liked yeah. that. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. No, I mean, really. And oh, I got it. So... I'm going to end off with the budget for this movie was $30 million. Wow. How much do you think it made? $90 million. $90 I'm saying huge. Infinity. And beyond? (laughs) It's not price of right rules. It it had to have made an infinity amount of money. (laughs) Infinity dollars. It made $227.9 million. Bam. That's a lot of money. Damn. God damn. So what do they always say? Like you you double the budget of the movie to see how much money it actually costs. So it cost 60-ish million dollars and they made 220 million on it. They did. Somebody got paid. (laughs) I I was impressed. 
a lot of shitty movies the first got movie, made because made of the success of this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. feel. Did you guys feel like this movie was kind of a blueprint for like cop movies that came yes. after it? I think yes. out of that genre, so yes. I think they had buddy cop movies. and video games, probably. like mm-hmm. everything. They had a buddy cop movie, obviously, before this. I think it's always been a, you know, I don't know when it started, but it's been around for a while. But this this was. Yeah. After it's definitely. Go to Bad Boys after that. What is it like, you know, seven or eight years after that, when Bad Boys comes out with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, it's or uh, I don't even know. Money Talks, for some reason, came up on that. And it's like the buddy action thing. It's all buddy. It doesn't even have to be cops. Like, yeah, that was what? Point uh, Break, Woody Harrelson, <laughs> Wesley Snipes, Keanu. Yeah. And, yeah. and then the other one was Chris, uh, what's his face from Friday? Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Tucker. Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, yeah. yeah. Rush Hour. Rush yeah. Hour. Rush Shanghai Hour is funny. Movie. Yeah. Or as we like to call it moving violations. You get know. funny, charismatic but, people and put them in an action movie. Things go well. You got the one funny guy in that. I want another golden child. Oh, by the way, I don't know if I said this in the last podcast, but they're going to do a reboot of Time Bandits for um, Apple TV. And but this is the saving grace as a series. Here's the saving grace of it. Terry Gilliam's doing it. The guy, I wish he was. I think they're going to consult him. But um, the guy who directed Jojo Rabbit. uh, What? Taika Watiti? Yeah, he is directing. That's Jojo Rabbit amazing. is incredible. Yeah, if if anyone listening has not seen Jojo Rabbit, please go watch that movie immediately with as this little knowledge on. about this, it this as was possible. Gonna, did that movie come out last year? This, yeah. this is yeah. yes, and this is the, thank you, so Jay Bone and and Googs. I was gonna try to make this into the end of the year segue because I, that was literally the only thing I had to offer. Okay, <laughs> was? so so I'll set you up solo. So it is the this is probably our last episode of 2020. Not promising. So sorry, we might come back again, but just in case it, we have another three weeks delay, <laughs> yeah, um, between our next movie, um, I asked if everybody would come up with some stuff that they watched, listened to, read, whatever, played in 2020 that they really liked. So we can just end end the, our first year with like just talking about positive, awesome things that we loved and enjoyed about 2020, which you know everybody knows. So solo. Now, Tell us about you guys already it. mentioned it. I Jojo Rabbit, I'm pretty sure it was a 2019 movie. Yeah, but, but it doesn't matter think, when you saw it, is when well, it matters. I saw it um like in May of 2020. And as as you both accurately stated, it is an amazing movie. And it is a must-see for anybody. And I'm gonna quote Goobs when he said, literally made me laugh, made me cry. Oh, yes, yeah. and, and emphatically both. And it's an amazing movie. So you need good. to see Jojo Rabbit if you haven't seen Jojo Rabbit. And then you'll understand why everybody else freaks out when that director does literally anything. Like he's clips his toenails or he takes too. a shit. Everybody's like, that's movie. the greatest toenail clipping ever. He's, he's also been he's the yeah. voice so of the robot before. in The Mandalorian. Yeah, he yes, did The Mandalorian. Is. He directed one of the best vampire movies ever called What We Do in yes. the Shadows, which is hilarious. And the series, too, is very funny. I've heard it's funny. So yeah, Jojo Rabbit really good. and... And he did the other Thor two Ragnarok. things that, although not happening or not have happened in 2020, but I rediscovered in 2020, uh, because like this podcast, I am not one to seek out originality. I like to rehash <laughs> my, my past again and again and reevaluate it from different standpoints. Uh, there's two post-apocalyptic trilogies that I reread, uh, one being the wool trilogy which is amazing 
Uh, and if you haven't read that, you should read that. And the other one being The Last Policeman. Uh, Will Hugh Howley and Last Policeman Ben Winters, both fantastic three-book trilogies about different terrible ways that the world ends, uh, and neither is a pandemic. So there you go. Nice. Uh, and that's, that's, that's my hopeful, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> There's well, other terrible ways that, he that things can go down. It was some art that he liked. <laughs> yeah. Good job. You know, Good job. That's all. I reread them both just to keep myself in a real depressed state of mind for most of this Good. year. Way to stay focused, Solo. Yeah, actually, I read a very uplifting book. I'll just go into I'll segue into mine here. Yeah, hit it. Uh, I read um, a really uplifting book uh, by the historian economist. I think he I think he's an economist. Uh, He's Dutch. His name is Rucker Bregman. You might know him from going to Davos. Taxes guy. Yeah. yeah, and telling billionaires that they should they just need to pay taxes <laughs> <laughs> to to help end global warming. But uh he, he put out a book this year, it was called Humankind, a hopeful history. And basically it just takes the veneer theory of human uh nature and turns it on its head because everybody thinks everybody else is like deep down evil or a Nazi if there was like no rules. But uh, what he says is actually human beings uh, tend to be very friendly, uh, community-oriented, and helpful, and that we should do things that encourage that. Uh, so it was nice. really good, and there's lots of, uh, you know, there's like a story about um, the real Lord of the Flies where the boys become friends and help each other. That's um, the original, the actual story, like the actual. Yeah, thing. the real life story. So it's a really good book. It was really good to read in the pandemic. So read that and then immediately <laughs> read The Lucifer Effect about yes. <laughs> the Sanford prison experiments and reaffirm oh, yeah. your, your anger towards the world. But this this says that the Stanford prison experiments were just total bullshit, basically. Right. And it was the same guy who did the broken windows experiment. But yeah, huh. Zambrano. His name. Wait, nice. this guy okay. did the broken windows experiment? Yeah, where he like left a car in a neighborhood and then he would like, they said like crime would increase in the neighborhood if they like broke the windows mm-hmm. of the car. And But it was all bullshit. It was the same guy who made up his basically, uh, you know, told the people what to do in the Stanford prison experiment, hmm. which is okay. also so much is based on this, but they're just like bunk science. All right. Good. That's a good one. I'm going to look that one up. Oh, and there's two records, I will say. There's two records this year that I really liked. One was the Smoke Fairies. Uh, the darkness brings the wonders home. They're like a sort of a good name, heavy folk rock trio. Don't be, uh, you know, put off by the folk rock title. It's 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 pretty heavy, but it's good. No, it and, just means uh, that they uh, they sing about hobbits over screeching. It does sound riffs. like that. They're two women who harmonize a lot, and it's very like Ren Fair, but there's like good guitar. <laughs> <riffs>. <laughs> nice. I love some Ren Fair. Uh, and then there's the album by. Uh, there's an album by Static Selector, Selecta, called The Balancing Act, which is very good. It's just, it's hip hop. Benny the Butcher, who's one of my new favorite MCs, is on it. So nice. those are my recommendations. All right. Dave, you want to go next or you want me to go next? Uh, I'll go. Um, honestly, I, I mean, thinking of anything in particular, I don't know. This year has been an amazing year as someone who is now directing and writing and, and, and doing more production work, uh, learning how to use Premiere Pro and having some projects doing that and getting into uh, realizing how all these, not realizing, but really getting into the technical side of how the movies are made and how you cut things together and how you manipulate things. So I'm actually kind of very thankful for that. It's been a really cool thing to learn. And you go, oh man, that's so easy to do. And I never knew 
Yeah, but tell us what shit you watched or listened to that you <laughs> yeah, like. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Stuff. We don't want your fucking therapy really session here, man. A little bit too. You're like, <laughs> what you're thankful section. for? That is. Yeah, this isn't like family dinner. Make me yeah, money. Not, yeah, what no. movie did you like? You. What did you watch that we didn't talk yeah, about? That you I liked? watched. Recommend some. You know what? Some, you know what the movie's something. called? You know what the movie's called? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. All right. So no, you you mentioned one. I know. I don't give a fuck. The one that I, I like saw me. that you instructed the zombies in that oh, one. Uh, the dead don't die. Yeah, yeah, that didn't that come out last year. Ah, uh, whatever. Like I, I said, I, I watched Wayne. New, but whatever. I thought Wayne was an awesome show. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime now. It was on YouTube about like a fifteen-year-old kid from or sixteen-year-old kid from Boston, and it's just the soundtrack is Mastodon and the sword. Wow. Yeah, really, nice. the sword is in it a lot. And it's it has the best reveal at like the like the last episode of the second to last episode with the cop where just the whole don't spoil thing, it. don't spoil it. people are listening I just say the whole thing you would never expect okay and it's so awesome yeah. like up my alley and it was great to see Wayne. something that were where I to think of something that I would want to do I'm like oh awesome someone actually got this produced and out there and people liked it enough and here it is so it always kind of inspires me that way. And also The Last Kingdom I really liked, which was a mm. Korean uh, zombie um, show. It's on Netflix where I think it's like, I don't know, medieval? Um, I have a question. Yeah. How much sword is in that show that you were talking about? Like, is it <laughs> A lot. Like a lot of it? Like uh, yeah. scene? I was really surprised. Yeah, right. there's a lot of it. I was like, this is amazing. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, but yeah, The okay. Last Kingdom was awesome where like, they a whole conspiracy breaks out and zombies in medieval times in Korea happens. And the whole show is just kind of amazing of this, you know, prince trying to save everyone and all the different stuff that they do within it. So I, I'd recommend that for sure. If that's still on Netflix and there's nice. too many, I mean, there's so many shows that we watched in 2020 for obvious reasons. We're trying to remember the best ones. We rewatched the wire. We're yeah. rewatching Deadwood. I watch ten minute like compilations on the wire sometimes, where it's just like it'll be like uh, like Avon's best lines, and it's like ten minutes of Avon saying cool shit or whatever. I, I do that. that with outtakes on YouTube yeah. a lot, and I think that's pretty fun. Yeah, or I don't Prop know. Joe, Prop Joe's best lines. That's a really good one. If you want to find that one on YouTube, Prop Joe from <laughs> he the does wire. Good lines. Yeah. All right. I, um, I've heard Mike talk about sound. I'm allowed to promote myself. <laughs> what this shitty thing's for all right um i'm gonna talk about stuff so i have a long list all right because i love these things my favorite movie that i saw of in 2020 was black klansman by spike lee i thought it was just like audacious and masterful and had like a rock star energy to it and uh denzel's son john david washington was incredible and just like it also had one of the greatest dance scenes i've ever seen in a, in like a club it was great i just loved it it reminded it, it gave me the same feeling of watching boogie nights or or no country for old men or where you're just like this is a masterful sk- filmmaker hitting every fucking note of a symphony and i just loved it um for television i think maybe i saw one one of my five favorite shows of all time was hbo's watchmen series which i watched uh so in like a week because like I was like so I couldn't stop watching it and seeing what was going to happen and it it was just brilliant and eye-opening and I loved it and I honestly I'm going to say this they should never do it again just leave it it was so fucking perfect I um, agree no season that, two that, that show's yeah. so good 
It's just they're gonna done. have a season. I, you know, the man. same way I wish they had done with um, uh, Westworld, where it just ended at season one. It's perfect. Leave it exactly there and walk away. Westworld and I think I think they're gonna do it um, musically. Uh, I really liked the Fiona Apple album, which is not a big thing because it's probably the highest rated album of the year by a lot of critics. Um, a woman named Emily Sprague, no relation to our mutual friend, uh, made a really great ambient album called Hill Fog Flower. Um, and Juliana Barwick also made a wonderful ambient album called Healing is Magic, I think, or something like that. Uh, what else? I read an amazing book by a man named Tom Sweaterlich called The Gone World, which is uh, kind of like take season one of True Detective and crank up the cosmic mythology to like a hundred and go from there and add time travel. Like all the things that, all the theories of halfway through season one of True Detective that we were like, this could go anywhere. This is going to be about the meaning of life and cosmic aliens or whatever. Like this book actually goes there and it's amazing, The Gone World. Um, I also read an old book called Far From the Maddening Crowd by Thomas Hardy that I really loved. It's just an English countryside story. Not really good. Tom Hardy? Uh, Thomas Hardy, not Tom Hardy the actor. Not Mad Max. Um, well, I'm thankful for Mad Mad Also, Max. the first oh. Law Trilogy by Joe Abercrombie, which is the, my my favorite fantasy series I've read in a very long time. And uh, it's really quotable, has great characters, super violent, and ends. It actually ends after three books. It's over and it's done. The story's over, which is very You didn't satisfying. read the one with huh. his partner, Fitch? Fitch? Oh, good one. I don't get it. Oh, no, I was... Hold on. <laughs> oh, Abercrombie I was say the one, one, <laughs> one thing I forgot... Um, <laughs> If you enjoy this podcast, you will absolutely enjoy Cobra Kai, which yeah. is a fantastic like Netflix show, which oh. I discovered. Cobra Kai is awesome. It's Best a video of game of the year. Risk of Rain 2. So it's a game Soul and I have been playing for months. It's amazing. <laughs> it has the best soundtrack I've ever heard in a video game. It sounds like electronic jazz rock from the future. It's, it's That's amazing. That's how I would describe it. I'm addicted. It's so is that good. Risk of Rain 2. That'll be the new genre for Mike's new band. Mike, if you could get this dude to be in your band, his name's Chris Kalalupa Lupa Lupus or something. I don't know, some kind of Greek name. No, it's name. Chris Christophus. Chris, Chris, Chris Christophus. <laughs> it's, it's like four Christs in his name. Yeah, he's it's awesome. Crazy. He's on Bandcamp. You should find him and get him to do a song with you because he's I'll incredible. I'll find him. I'll email yeah. him. Email Freaky him. Uh, yeah, if you got him, out. if you riffed over his whales, it could be pretty good. <laughs> Sounds you know? good. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so 2020, guys. Maybe we'll be back for more. Let's, yeah. uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Happy, happy sol- winter solstice. <laughs> happy. What else do we celebrate? Festival of the Gods. I don't know. Yeah, all of them. I just happy... think everybody. It's, just a, just it's, a good, it's a good time of year to reflect and, and give thanks if that's what you're yeah. into. Oh, and, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I forgot about the part where he takes out the VHS <laughs> and finds that that thing is a ship. <laughs> it was the most detective work done. So From funny. his family vacation yeah. video. He's like, it's not a it's not a person, it's a ship. Ava Varden. I, I didn't even know what he was talking about, to be honest. I was like, what? Oh, is this God. even relevant to the plot? I still don't really it know. Absolutely is and he's nowhere yeah. to go. It's literally <laughs> the only piece of police work they do no, in this whole movie. It's it's Joel Silver being like, Look, guys, I just want to see a late model Mercedes Benz explode out of the front of a shipping container and have oh, it yeah. rain money and rain money. Mm-hmm. Make it's it like, happen. Just you have an hour and 45 minutes to make it happen. <laughs> make it money.
How do we get them to the ship? Oh, yeah. Danny Glover has a boat. (laughs) And he remembers somehow. (laughs) That was my my last one, too. When they get to the boat, there's three guys there. And they're like, oh, you're going to take out the big one. I'll take out the two small ones. No, no, no. How about you take out the two ones, this and that. And then (laughs) the truck literally drives so close to the bad guys. And they don't notice them at all. They're like, oh, oh, yeah. These are, I'm telling you, this game influenced video games. Those are like video game level guards where you like, you punch one in the head. The other guy turns around. He's like, what happened? Well, even at that point, like, Riggs could have just literally (laughs) ran them over or they could have, like, just drove, driven by, stopped the car, shot them. And you know what I mean? Well, somebody said it earlier when when they go to kill Riggs at his trailer and he hops up. He's like, they'll never expect me in the spotlight. (laughs) (laughs) On top of of the target. (laughs) On top of the thing you've been shooting at, I'm going to jump up in the spotlight and surprise you. You know they're not going to land the helicopter? Just stay, stay in your little, like, protected area underneath. It. Just stay there until they leave. Switch the chuck yeah, land. Like, they're like, why can't you hit him? He's like, because we have the light on him. We can't hit him when the <laughs> light's on. See what yeah. I'm doing <laughs> with the light <laughs> everywhere. This movie's oh, man. and he sucked. definitely shot it a guy sucked. with a handgun in a helicopter, like from. Uh, he's the Dallas. best shot who ever lived. After ever. after yeah. F. Day said rolling like barrel rolling on the ground <laughs> yeah. three or four times, being like, gotcha. That's how you dodge bullets. Bang, 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 boom. You guys just yeah. don't know how to dodge bullets, America. <laughs> I feel like a lot of public policy was made after watching this movie. Like, don't you feel like there's a lot of people that have incorporated Lethal Weapon 2 into their, like, life ethos? Yes. Like, like, the, so. people, mm, like the people who are like, oh, there's school shootings? Well, everyone should have a gun. And then they can do that roll thing. Do <laughs> <laughs> a couple somersaults. I'll never be able to hit Stop, oh, drop, boom. roll, and unload. <laughs> You guys want me to bring some chili? I'll get the Oreos. <laughs> One thing I'm not trying in my chili. It's not yeah. happening. I'm actually I'm gonna try that because yeah, there's gotta it. be a don't tell. Don't tell well, the wife. And see I am glad that this movie like, is apartheid. People so. put chocolate in chili, actually. That's like a thing. You do chocolate um like a, if, but you, if, you, if your chili is too tomatoey, you put chocolate in it. Or but you do usually powder. skin the onions. I mean, I'm yeah. just always skin the onions. That yes. is vile. You don't want to eat that. You skin the onions. Does that stuff mm. even cook down? Mm. It doesn't. You're just eating shriveled onion. Rigs. <laughs> Rigs. Why is she Rigs. letting him cook anyway? Why is she? I like when he's like, and, uh, and where does she keep is... my laundry? <laughs> well, nobody will deliver pizza to the beach. Yeah, why, or, to, or to Murtaugh's house. Why is Joe Pesci cleaning his trailer to begin with? Why is he even there? Is he supposed to be in federal custody the at the beach. police station? How do you get a spot on They're the beach the where you're just cops. like, how do you just buy a spot of land on the beach where you can just park a trailer and live? Like, can you know. do that? How much does that cost? Can that, is that a I'm thing? sure he's squatting and he's a cop. So they just let him live there. They're like, oh, it's <laughs> yeah. the drunk cop that lives at the beach. Nobody, nobody <laughs> fucks with him. He's fine. Late, <laughs> late at night, he's like, let him live there. It's fine. Yeah, Nobody goes there. Eventually, he's, he's going to wander out for a midnight swim and not come back. It'll be fine. Yeah, then we'll move yeah. his trailer and we'll take his dog. We'll call it fair. It's fine. Yeah. And he'll never meet yeah. Renee Russo. Yeah. That's, that would be a tragedy. I feel like that is a hobby. You are in Jersey. <laughs> you gotta masturbate more or something. And I also no, Dave. No, I don't. Up, up, up in, in your, your ears. ears. Podcast Network. All right, class. 
settle down. Everyone sit down and shut up. I'm putting on a movie. Don't you miss the days when your teacher was so hungover, they just threw out the lesson plan and put on a movie? Well, that's every day here at Video High. Our curriculum caters to those who love the least loved films in cinematic history. The idea that this movie has a coherent A plot, let alone a B or C plot, this movie's too stupid. And then they do, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> they wrote this. Like, good job, guys. Join Casey Regan, Greg Hansen, Josh Roth, and myself, Jamie Kennedy, as we plumb the depths of video not-so-classics. This movie is sort of like a boner. It, like, is embarrassing to those who make it and offensive to those who see it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whether we think it rules or is actually total junk, hijinks will ensue regardless. Who else's favorite character was the bartender pirate? The set was good. That was like a side character who had a lot of fun business. The fart joke was motivated. (laughs) Video High is your B-movie education. And ours. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We can't wait to talk movies with you. The movie is rated PG-13. But I do not know who over the age of 13 (laughs) this is aimed at. Great question. I mean, we're coming to find out me. I think it's (laughs) us. I think it's us. Welcome to to Video High. Video High. Uh, That doesn't suck.